0: Okay, so we're starting off. Uh, Hello everybody, this is a podcast uh, about mental health, funnily enough, if you didn't already see the title. And um, we're going to introduce ourselves. So my name is Hayden, I am 20 years old, I am from Scotland, and uh, I suffer from dysthemia since the age of 15. But uh, by this point it is pretty much cleared up. It is something that you live with for life, but um, it does ease off as you go through. Would you, would you
1: like, care to join in? <laughs> I mean, I'll happily go, that's fine. Uh, my name's David, I'm 27 years old, a little bit older than you guys, but uh, as I say, I actually suffer from BSD, so that's Bipolar Schizophrenic uh, Effective, so, so let's go af- I can't say it, Schizophrenic Effective Disorder. Um, previously, not too long ago, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I was actually just bipolar, um, and that has been a bit of a drastic change recently, but I, as I say, the... Main key components have always been there. It's just a re-diagnosis.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm Sophie. I'm twenty, uh, from Scotland, young too, and I suffer with depression and anxiety.
0: Okay. So um, these are obviously very far-ranging types of mental health. Um, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say problems. I would more say conditions or like. You know, life kind of, um, I, I, I it's a very wide ri- range <laughs> a very wide range topic of what you can call them and what you can describe them as. But I think I would just put them as a small backpack that you carry around in your head, and it, it's just full of Perfect. different things yeah. that obviously affect you on a daily basis. Um, dystemia, For those who don't know, it's a persistent mild depression. So it's obviously not as bad as depression but you from my experience you wake up every day with a small kind of cloud over your head if you want to imagine it that way and essentially you're kind of just having these kind of thoughts and stuff not suicidal not that bad but kind of just putting yourself down and um, either both like physically and mentally whether it's all oh, your body isn't good enough or or you you, you didn't do that right and uh, just piles on to each other but um, when when I was 15 and got told that um I didn't really know what to do with it and i kind of just continued on and um it was okay and up until the ages between 16 to 18 where unfortunately I had um really kind of personal troubles um i, I would i would say of which <coughs> caused it to increase a lot but within the last i'd say seven to eight months it has decreased very much so to the point of, I, I don't actually know if I still have it, but if I do, it's very, very mild.
1: So. Hmm. Glad to hear. I, I did know previously what it was, I didn't know severity levels of, of what that would feel like, obviously in your day-to-day level. So, hmm. given that, as you say, it's like a cloud every day, could you obviously go a little bit further than that just so, so i can get a feel for what, what you mean by a cloud yeah fully. yeah
0: um so it's kind of like i i for an example I'd, I'd wake up and um obviously my first thoughts are to to make my bed and, and go get my breakfast and stuff but yeah um even the littlest of thing can come in and and be like oh you, you didn't make the bed right and, and then Uh, You know, if I'm sitting there having my cereal, uh, I recently completed my college, uh, and and sent all the work away and stuff. So I've got my qualification H Um, and D. An example of that would be um, a wee bit of it kind of turns a wee bit into anxiety, uh, where it'll come and I'll get like a wee voice into my head that you're not going to pass that, you've you've not done that right. Because I look at uh, you know people in my class like to share work with me. And I share work with them, and we help each other and stuff like that. And when I look at their work, I think that's a lot better than mine. Um, and, you know, sometimes the lecturers can be harsh markers, so I'm thinking to myself, that's not great. And that'll stick with me until the next day. Even when I've, I've completely shut off, I've you know, done my work and playing games or, or talking to people, whatever, next day I'll wake up and that'll just come. And I, I'm not even thinking about it, it'll just come out of nowhere and it'll remind me that, you know that's not good enough that's it's really not good enough you need to do better um, and and then on top of that there's just a general of uh, I, I myself um, quite a fitness person I, I like to yeah. work out I like to improve myself physically so my physical image recently doesn't matter that much to me I'm a, a lot more happier with it but in the past um, I I was constantly putting myself down about it I, I couldn't take a compliment for shit. <laughs> if you if <laughs> turned to me and said you're a very handsome person, I, I I probably would have told you to fuck off, uh, I, like in a laughing way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you're, you're having a laugh, you know. Um, but yeah. um, I think as as I've grown older and as I've experienced a lot more things, come with that, I've realised that it's you know it's not as bad, and I've I've managed to turn that negativity into positivity, and. <laughs> I've basically switched it round. So, whenever I'd get a kind of voice saying that or like a, a hintation or such, I would say to myself out loud, You're talking shit. I did all right. You know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. So, get yourself I, out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it it, it, it sounds stupid to some people and stuff like that. Uh, Not at all. It, nothing stupid, though. But um, it, it, it worked and it, it's helped bring me to where I am today, essentially. No, that's
1: brilliant. Um,
0: What about you guys?
1: Do you want to go Sophie?
2: Uh, Yeah, so as I said depression and anxiety is my baggage and um, mainly for me it's kind of, it does, I can see when you're explaining it, it kind of does have phases where they kind (laughs) of intertwine but uh, so basically for me it's like you said, you woke up, you made your bed I would wake up I wouldn't make my bed with my depression I don't take care of myself (laughs) I it's so disgusting but I wouldn't wash my hair for like a week because I just it didn't occur to me to do that Mm -hmm. and I still get waves of it it's nowhere near as bad I think I just go but kind of came across the whole topic when you're in high school when Mm -hmm. most people I think do come to terms with that it's a thing because you get taught it and then you're like hold on wait a minute I recognise that. So, for me, it was about, say about 15, and that was kind of when, when I was bullied, it was starting to slow down. But I was realising I wasn't getting any happier after it was kind of slowing down. And then I read a lot of books, and that was coming up on topics of books. I was like, wait, hold on, I'm seeing some patterns. So, for me, like right now, at the end of a depressive slump, so my room currently is a mess, and you can't see it because it's on the floor. <laughs> and then it, it would get to the part where I would be creating a little path through the mess, because I would just dump things on the floor, but I wouldn't see the mess. I'd know it's there, but I wouldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd get to the point where my parents would be like, this is a mess. And I'm like,
3: oh, I know. so what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs>
2: And I would just sit on my floor and cry because I didn't know where to start, because it was so bad and I just couldn't think on what to do, like how to tidy it. Um, And so I just wouldn't take care of myself. uh, Because I got bullied a lot from my self-image, so I'm like, why do I make an effort if this and that, and I wouldn't, you know, I'd wear the same clothes all the time. I would not be out in my pyjamas. I wouldn't, I'm trying to be healthier, but I was not healthy. At all. I'd be eating my emotions, basically. That was a coping mechanism for me. (laughs) It is a a very normal thing to eat your emotions. It's a comfort thing. Um, And then my anxiety is mainly more paranoia, basically. Okay. So being bullied, it's kind of the same kind of thing. So if I hear people talking and I see them look anywhere near me, I think it's me they're talking about. They don't know me. Are they talking about something completely different? my brain goes they're talking about you so i would physically adjust how i'd look you know i'd suck in my stomach i would put my shoulders back i would do a trick where you make your chin go up (laughs) i would do all that and i would pretend like i would be i'd try and make myself look as good as possible and i'd fix my hair and i'd do all this kind of thing and then if i hear laughing they're laughing at me it's all these kind of things where you just it's, it sounds self-centred, but it's not because it's fear that it's going to happen again, basically. Yeah. And then I have another thing that linked to my anxiety. You see I play my hair a lot. That's a big thing. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's already kind of got a diagnosis of, uh, diagnosis of itself, and I had to look it up. I don't know how to pronounce it. So it's dermatillomania. Okay. Uh, so basically, it's when you pick at your skin or you pick out hair. So right. for me... I pick at my scalp because it's a hidden part of me. Yeah. Because I've got a lot of hair. Um, so basically, if I'm anxious or I don't know what to do with my hands, I pick at my head until I get something, basically. Okay. Something so, to yeah. relieve the tension. Is that so like pulling out the
1: individual hairs or is it like scratching the surface so of the it, skin? Or?
2: It's, scr- it's scratching my scalp, and basically, okay. I'll try and pull skin up. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's. It's a form of self harm, but it's not categorized as it. It's a it's for anxiety, but it's when you cannot. Like I will to the point where I don't realize I'm doing it, and my mum will go, Sophie You're picking at your head again." And I'm like, "Oh," but I can't stop until I've got that bit. So I'm still sitting there, like, mm. "Oh, okay, mum's So like, is, well, it,
1: take is it, it something became like second nature to you? Like are you just yeah. you're so kind of in tune with that mechanism, um, you can't stop, like.
2: So yeah, so it's a general, like I don't realise it. Like it gets to the point where I'm like, if you see me doing it, like smack my hand, like <laughs> get it from my scalp, because I'll end up. It's generally here. You'll mm. if like you, if you see me in Paris, you'll notice I have, I'll have like red dots, and that's like where I've picked, and that's where I bleed because I've made myself bleed, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, that's like a big thing. That's only really happened over the past couple of years. That one, but it got to the point where I was like. Oh, I'm doing this, but I didn't realise I did it and I didn't realise it was a thing until I was in college uh, two years ago. So okay. very recent where I realised that was a thing. But that's a form of it's a anxiety-driven thing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: mainly. So, so you see my hand, as I say, the result of
1: anxiety in that case, is that
2: Yeah, yeah that it's just, the result of anxiety. So if you see me, smack my hand away from my head. <laughs> we'll tell you. We'll make, we'll make
1: sure I know until <laughs> Um, um I know that, that yeah. that's
0: fair enough and um I mean well when I say fair enough I mean the sense of like like y a lot of people probably won't even know that's a thing and now mm-hmm. they do. Uh I, I myself have um what do you call it like I'll sometimes pick my lips. I right? but I I've yeah. done that always <laughs> as a child growing up and stuff like that and I think that's just a natural thing. I don't know if it's connected to anxiety or not. It might be, it might not be. I I don't want to question mm-hmm. it. But um no that, that, that's, that's uh, yeah. definitely something that a lot of people might have but they, they don't even know that they live with it yeah.
2: so. I, I did know someone I won't know their name but they picked at their eyelashes so they don't have any eyelashes because anytime they would they would just mm. do it same with their eyebrows because it was hair a lot of people is more common with hair but yeah. you also do get skin picking I'd put that out there in case someone was like oh I d- just do my eyelashes it. yeah. yeah it's like a, just a it's a thing where you have to do it until you get a result, basically.
1: Do you think that's related in any way to like just something that's more casual, seen at least in society, as nail biting and things like that, and picking at fingers? and?
2: Yeah, and kind of definitely. Thing? I think my body must have picked it because, A, it's a very hidden area, apart from when I pick it here. Um, but, you know, if you see someone doing this for a bit, you just think they've got a scratch. Mm. And it's not, I'm using my nails to try and, you know, bring something to, uh, out. Mm. <clears throat> because, like, um, it's like if I don't find something, I feel uncomfortable, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have to keep hunting. Like, I will go, like, from the back of my ha- head with both my hands, bring it all the way to the front until I find something to take out. And it's, I just, I don't know. It's just something that has happened over the past couple of years that I've really noticed. And, like, my parents picked up on it. And they were like, why, like, are you okay? Have you, they thought I had missed. <laughs> for a while like are you sure i'm like no i don't
1: and i mean I'm imm- like, immediately that would be my first thought I'll, i'm not gonna yeah,
2: lie <laughs> a lot of people have thought that about me they're like you so i'm like no i just I, <laughs> I just have an itchy scalp i promise <laughs> I, I promise it's, it's it's nothing but no i, well, no, I mean, so.
0: um... Obviously, you'll, you'll see different forms and stuff like that. I don't know if that is possibly something that you relate to, David, with your situation and if you, if um, you could, like, expand on and what's your current progress with that. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> so, what both of you have said, in general, overall, is stuff that either I have experienced um, or currently experience on a constant, um, like, forever cycle. So, first of all, for a long time, I was kind of the same diagnosis as Sophie. I think I was... Diagnosed the first time I think it was at seventeen when that happened. Um, I'm now twenty-seven, so it's ten years ago, mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to even get that diagnosis. But that didn't last long. About four months later, after a couple of sessions, um, typically I was having um, group sessions, which, by the way, is hit and miss for everyone. I actually had a okay experience. My second experience with that wasn't as good, but the first one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we can go into that another point. My own experience and kind of where I went diagnosis-wise is, first of all, I had uh, some symptoms of depression and anxiety, so they went through that process and I got antidepressants, etc. Um, further than that, and then actually, as I say, four months, I think it was four or five months later, um, I went back to the doctor and had more discussions and basically said, look, I think you have bipolar. Um was always on the table, but I didn't actually get fully diagnosed with that until I hit the age of 21. Um, and it took me the longest time. Obviously, from the age of seventeen to twenty-one is quite a long time. So I assumed I didn't have it. Um, when I did get diagnosed, I was then put on many different uh, kind of uh, mood stabilizers, and none of them none of them worked at all. Really, um, the only things they really did for myself was um, the best way to put it is they make you quite sleepy, etc., and make you quite tired, but. The actual feelings I was going through—the um, best way to put them—and that's it's obviously developed and got more intense as, as I got to a certain age. Um, for certainly from the age of sixteen mm. upwards, I've always felt something wasn't quite hundred percent, but I wasn't able to put my finger on it. Mm. Um, but essentially, what I go through with the bipolar side of things—if we're just focusing on that—is uh, type one is what was this kind of as I say, there's more types: it's type one and two, and then is mixed. Um, there's also a couple of other outliers from that, which are more minimal, um, closer to actually. What uh, I'd say probably you're you're likely to have there um, um, your, your, yourself. So as, as I say, like it's it's uh, cycles of up and down, mania and then depression. Um, the mania, um, people think, oh that's fine. You're actually really bubbly and you're really happy and you're this that and the other. It's like now that's dangerous because <laughs> um, the main reason is I am incapable of stopping myself from doing, basically being a yes man, and I'll constantly just do things, regardless of my own safety or anyone else's, which is also part of it. Um, Type 1 is is the more extreme in the sense of it's longer periods of heightened mania and longer periods of um, depression. Um, The the mania itself, there's two stages of mania. There's a kind of uh, sort of, I would say, a mid- medium kind of feeling of mania which is uh, activity in the brain your brain doesn't shut the fuck up uh, <laughs> yeah. um and then above that you get this it's it's a kind of it's exhausting because you're currently experiencing it your body's doing whatever it wants to not as such as it wants to but um when you have a thought you do it whatever the, you say whatever is on your head like you just it comes out regardless um, that's my own experience with that Everyone has, obviously slightly different ones. Bipolar type 2 is much more uh, kind of muffled than that. Would, not to say it's not still an issue. It's obviously a bit more muffled than that. Mm-hmm. But their cycles, are, I believe, are, are much shorter, um, so it can be more fast. And again, then you get things like BPD, which is borderline personality, which is close to both of those issues, and as well as uh, autism uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And those are all kind of, what they are called, sister diagnoses. They're, they're all very close. Um, and who they operate. Um, for myself, I never really had any issues um, with what I have now, um, which was hallucinations and voice hearing. Um, that was about the age of 23, it really kicked in. I, I first heard my first voice and it was probably the most scary thing I've ever heard in my life. I um, don't remember it exactly, but I remember the feeling. Um, and it's it's a literal person in your head. Um, like, a separate entity is inside of your head. It's, it's very scary. But that doesn't just stay one, it constantly splits, um, for myself anyway. Um, as I say, I can only say from my own experience with all these, but now being re-diagnosed with um, schizoaffective disorder or bipolar schizoaffective disorder, BSD, um, which Honestly, when they first said it, I was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, it was like, oh, that describes everything perfectly, thank you. Like, <laughs> Whereas before, bipolar just seemed a little off. It seemed a bit funny, because I was experiencing a lot more hallucinations than the majority of people would under that diagnosis, um, which is why it is separate and has a definition that's different. Um, for myself, I've been on lithium, we're talking, how many years is it now? I guess it's like four and a half, five years, um, since I was on that because of well, the, the bipolar side of things, nothing was working, so they, they had to go all the way back to the oldest um, kind of working medicine for it, which is lithium, mm. um, which are taken two different forms. It can be, um, certainly it can be a pill. Um, typically, it's the pill, and that's what I usually have, have it in my kitchen. Um, and what the other one is, is you can actually nowadays get an injection of lithium, and um, But you take them less often you do have to go get it done you can't do it yourself just yet because of dosage things um i don't know if anyone else has had experience of that Um, but my nurse suggested it and i was like no i'm good (laughs) um but with with what i did with that lithium comes other issues which is um i can experience extreme nausea um i can you know sickness it can actually make my uh mood swings far worse um so it's not always helpful but it does majority of the time help to kind of quieten down the noise, is the best way to put it. Mm. Um, and, and for myself, um, at least now, I have, as I say, with lithium, you have to get um, blood tests every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so track marks up here. Um, <laughs> so I've had, I've had comments on that before going, do you, "Do you take drugs? Are you, are you know, get all this?" And I'm just like, I mean, technically, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just one of those experiences where I'm learning as I go, and I think there's no other way to go around that. The more I read about it, the more I get more confused, and I'm like, I'm not fucking ready to read that. That's yeah. not for me right now. Uh, the experience that I'm having is more identifiable, I guess, because it's current, and if I talk openly about it, as I'm sure you guys know at least, um, I'm avidly open about this kind of stuff, because I feel... if. I'm open about it. Someone else may experience it. At least they're not alone. And they may contact me and then I'm not alone. <laughs> so it kind of makes me feel a little better too. Um, there's kind of catharsis to all that, I think.
0: Would you, um, so a question I've got um would be, would you feel there's a bit of a stigma? Because obviously, like, when <laughs> people hear bipolar disorder, instantly people are usually like, oh, they must be batshit fucking crazy. When obviously that's not the case. I, I have another friend who has BPD, and they're completely fine, like, it's not no. as, um, over the fucking top as people make it out to be, yeah. uh, it can just be little, it can be a little burst, such as, like, maybe one minute you text them, they're completely fine, then the next minute they're just a wee bit depressed, and, like, they're, they're, yeah. they're not, as, they're a bit dry, as, as people would put it nowadays, like, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's one of these things, but what, what kind of experience have you had with that, if you had anyone, kind of, shove that in your face, or, or, of, maybe like you were talking to someone romantic wise hmm. and you brought this up and they thought, mm, you know, can you either elaborate or and stuff? So uh,
1: that's a decent question, really. Um, for, so I actually have oddly have had 99% of the time, great experiences open up to people about this stuff. Um, I have had one experience. I uh, was seeing a girl for a little while, um which is difficult for people with these conditions particularly uh, just relationships in general it could be family it doesn't matter friendships the whole thing can be too much for some people to handle and that's hey that's that's fair enough i can't force that on someone does that make sense i can't force them to carry what i have um not that i want them to either it's more a sense of hey are you able to at least acknowledge that i'm doing this right now and it's nothing to do with you i apologize if you feel that way but you know trying to trying to like fit that into a relationship or many relationships in your life is, is quite a process mm-hmm. as you mentioned obviously BPD, I just want to make the distinction obviously that's borderline personality disorder whereas bipolar is a little separate in fact quite vastly so um, because BPD as far as my own experience with that um, I've had a couple of girlfriends in the past with it um, certainly um, one of my uh, more recent ones and I think about two is in, I want to say early 2019, late 2018, um, I was, as I say, seeing a girl, she had quite se- severe uh, BPD, um, and she had more of an attachment-based issue, and um, where her emotions were, she had what's called an FP, mm-hmm. and that's a favourite person. It's an individual, they will, um, the best way to describe it, I'll just be blunt as I can in my very limited knowledge of that, which is, Certainly obsessed. It's, it's an obsession uh, of doesn't matter the attention that individual is giving you. It's it's good. It's what you want, mm. regardless if that person is berating you and bullying you, and you could be the worst person in the world to that individual, and they'll still love you. Right? Full stop. They will. You are their everything. You are the entire world. Mm. And that's my window into it. But obviously, far less kind of severe um, versions of that. Mm. But from that angle, I can see why that itself is also a difficult kind of box to put into a relationship and carry that out into the the relationship. Mm. Uh, From our own perspective, as I say, with particularly hallucinations, um, when you're processing that at a time with other people around you, um, one of the best things that you could do is help that person... um, I would say try and gain their, their grasp back onto reality or help them with their mechanisms that they do use to do so. Mm. So they don't fully, what I call let go. Um, again, there's different terms for that essentially for me, it's texture. If I have something, um, particularly I do it with the skin a lot. I do it like my thumbs. I do that. If you see me doing this, mm. I am seeing stuff right now. <laughs> there's mm. stuff in the room that is not in the room or the room's changed. It's there's little bits that's, that's there. For me, um, I don't like to talk about the thing whilst it's active. Yeah. Um, Particularly I'll go quiet or I'll ignore it entirely. Um, It can go either way. I can go completely silent or I'll talk about something else as best I can and I'll continue to lead the conversation away from it as best I can. It doesn't matter how intense that person is going, no, tell me, tell me. It's like, nope, going away. Mm. Um, Because it's about grounding in reality. If I acknowledge it and and I say, oh, well, that thing in the corner up there is saying nasty stuff to me, the first reaction for any individual, whether they also experience it or not, well, the first thing you do is go, "What?" Yeah. And as soon as you look at that, there's a connection to reality there that does mm. acknowledge its existence, and therefore, oh crap, that's real. It's in the room,
0: yeah, and I'll yeah. panic,
1: and I'll get that whole sense of reality's a mess, and that makes the experience way worse. And I yeah. feel if you're if you've, you know if you've got a partner with this situation you know, who does experience any hallucinations or or even just the voice hearing. Um, the best thing to do is to talk about their favorite thing that they like to do get them a passionate subject something they love something they, they they will never shut up about make them talk about it ask them intense very intricate question questions about that kind of subject and that will help lead them back into reality because it's something they know exists and they love and it's part of them if that makes sense part of their personality it helps identify Reality versus not reality, and in my own experience, as I say, don't want to speak for everyone.
3: <laughs> see,
2: see, for when you're, you're saying you're doing uh, with your thumbs, yeah, see, when that happens to you, say I was with you and this was happening, okay, would that be all right to touch you? Because I know when I have freak outs, I don't want people touching me because I don't feel
1: so, for other people, yeah. I would say, just overall, that would be um. So if I'm experiencing a touch-based hallucination or, or, or um, psychosis, um, I would not want that. <laughs> I would very much want to peel my skin off. It would be horrible, like a horrible feeling. Um, when Because it's sort of, I mean, I've had dripping on my forehead once when I was sleeping at night. I've had it a few times. Um, and I it, 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 don't know what the dripping is. I don't know where it's coming from. It's not real. I know mm. it's not real because I woke up with a dry forehead and... Uh, Checked, no. <laughs> so when I do that, I can, I can still feel it go through. If that makes sense, that sounds weird. Yeah. Um, but I've had it all of my body, I've had sensations of burning on my feet, um, just strange bodily sensations. But personally, going through physical touch experiences where I'm not sure of what's happening or going through a process, yeah. um, that would be a no for me. If I'm going through a visual, I need hugged, <laughs> I <It'd> require. <laughs> yeah a stimulus uh, that brings me throughout against texture so it's a thing i need to even some hair or anything like
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why i was thinking about that and then obviously do not want to because my automatic when comforting someone is like touching their shoulder Absolutely. or their back kind of thing physical
1: touch is your comfort kind yeah. of go to yeah yeah
2: i'm a hugger like that <laughs> that's my thing like someone's <laughs> like, like, my first thing to do is hug them but obviously mm-hmm. Like, when I'm going through a breakdown, I'm like, I want everyone to just leave me alone. Like, like when I'm on my yeah. floor crying, I don't want anyone touching me, don't want anyone touching my stuff, me, being anywhere near me,
1: really. Yeah. So, like, I mean, so when, I want to check. Yeah, when you're saying that, obviously, I would say for probably about everyone, I wouldn't. I don't want to brush everyone with it, but I would say almost everyone even, like 99% of people, will probably just want you to ask them mm-hmm. what yeah. to do. Um. The reason for that is obviously they can't always verbalize either. See if they if they just look at you and they go, Mm-mm, you know, <laughs> um, just a small physical thing. If they start clicking fingers, I mean, I have lots of little mechanisms and kind of uh, ways to to bring myself back into into the picture. If that makes sense,
0: mm-hmm. I think um, like uh, uh, that that's also like a big thing where like obviously people. As you said, majority—not everyone—but we prefer to ask if we're okay, or you know, if or uh, if whoever's having some sort of breakdown or or hallucination or situation, mm. they would rather be asked, "Are you okay?" than someone come up to them and like holding them because you don't know what people's past experiences and or preferences are. Some people don't like hugs, and that's literally yeah. it all. Is it's it's not a mental health thing. It's not a physical health thing. It's just preference. A, a, yeah, I'm not a hugger, yeah. and then that's that's how it is. Um, but I, I would say that. So with that kind of situation, for for obviously, um, I I myself, if I don't usually have panic attacks or anything like that. I, I think in mm-hmm. my entire life I've probably had about three, um, and and ev- every situation has been the same where I, I I'm uncomfortable uh i i feel like i'm struggling to breathe and stuff so i remove myself from the situation and go to a secluded area or just somewhere different and i don't mind getting touched but i'll just state that just give me two seconds i'll be good um yeah but with with yourselves um how how would you say it is that these kind of things have affected you in in an everyday basis like how would you say you you you, you let us say we're out at nightclub because uh, you know we we do like yeah. a drink, um <laughs> and and this kind of situation happens. Hap- w- what's your first go to? What what's your first process of thinking? Like, do you think oh right I need to get out of here go or oh I need to go to the toilet or oh I need to find my best friend like you. Know, what, what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of go tos do you guys go for? Uh, well.
2: It depends for me, Uh, so if I'm in the club, uh, as our situation is, uh, if I'm having an anxiety attack, I've only ever had them in a club actually, and it was five times in one night, that was the first time I've ever had panic attack, Uh, it was not fun, that was because of the situation, it was a foam party,
1: Mm, and I couldn't
2: breathe under the foam, so every time I could sense it coming, because I could sense a panic attack coming, and I tried to get out of it, but then sometimes you get dragged in. Yeah. So I didn't know it was a panic attack. I just, like, I just can't breathe. And it's not even launched yet. But um, in that instance, I went to the toilet to get myself away from the situation. Mm-hmm. But if it's a depressive episode, I just completely just... I'm not me. I just kind of turn into like, a robot version of myself almost. And some people generally do pick up on it because... I mean, you know, I'm, once I've had a drink in my... Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty loud and <laughs> energetic, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I turn into—excuse me, sorry—I uh, turn into like a ghost of me almost.
0: All pilot.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I at, like a, I'm, like a survival survival mode basically.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll be like dancing away, and then just something will just like maybe I'll think maybe I don't look good tonight, you know? Maybe they're laughing at me. uh may say. Someone I've been dancing with, like a pal of mine, they go off with someone else, I'm like, right, they don't like me.
1: Yeah.
2: And I just shut down and then that's me basically for the whole night unless, basically it's a person that's kind of got to drag me out of those situations. And in terms of, I don't like being touched when it's like a crying episode, but if I'm in a shutdown episode, I rely on someone being with me yeah. to bring me back out of it. That, So anxiety text bathroom. I need a hug if it's depressed episode, <laughs> basically.
1: You get two modes, essentially. <laughs>
2: yeah, aye, one or the other. Yeah. Leave me alone, or please just be as close as you can.
1: Both equally intense, um, as I say. Like for myself, uh, I don't know about your, yourself. Obviously, they can both be drastically um, harsh. I guess as the say Like mentally, it's kind of it's just internal, and there's a lot going on, and you just need mm. to. Sometimes, as you say, escape. You need to. There's a route out of there physically. For me, I usually, I would say, almost always shut down and uncontrollably. My bodily will bubble. So like, I'll go. I'll start snotting, I'll start crying. Like, I get the whole lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not crying in sense of um, up, set, uh, Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, I, I don't start breathing. I don't. You know, I don't get all that. I just get like yeah. tears will start pouring. i going, what the hell's going on with me? Like, <laughs> like I am trying to figure out also what's happening like so someone goes are you okay i'm like i don't know (laughs) like something's weird but um that's when i personally experience it's particularly anxiety like um, i get huge as i say my schizoaffective side of things like huge paranoia um i have strange thoughts as well due to that because my thoughts get warped again by i guess the best way to describe it is um the the voices or the thoughts they kind of I mean, they can kind of meld at times. It's really hard to distinguish at most times, but they become sort of this active um, kind of, I would say there's a catalyst for my next actual thing I'm going to say, or the next, um, again, I'm always fighting them, so bear with me. Uh, <laughs> the next thing I'm trying to to battle against uh like, externally, because my inner voices think there's a fight. There's always a fight. There's always an argument to have it had, or, or, or there's always a intense kind of thing external. And it's, that's not the case. I can be lying back, sit and listen to ASMR. <laughs> and my brain will go, oh, hey, yeah, guess what? Your house is on fire. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I get paranoia beyond belief. So I don't just get, like, oh, people are laughing at me and talking about me. I do sometimes get that. Particularly when I hear a laugh, like, as you say, when you walk down the street. The first thought to my head is that's about me that is about me and again you're not being selfish you're not being self-centered your brain just doesn't shut the fuck up <laughs> um and your brain doesn't know when to to give in and go they are just having a good laugh with some pals that's all they're doing do you know what I mean they're talking they don't know you they don't know who the hell you are you're just walking past oh but they're laughing at my jacket they're laughing at my shoes Or just a lot of things tiny tiny things and um, but i feel particularly i think in your case sophie do these things, for you just as a question for myself, do these things snowball, do these build up and then that's when you get a panic attack or, or, or any kind of other um, sort of outburst I guess?
2: For me, I've got claustrophobia, so okay. when the first panic attack triggered, it was when I couldn't breathe or see. So basically, being pretty small at a phone party, it falls off the tall people. And it okay. goes on to the small people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I'm pressure sure you had to bury me out of the foam. Uh, I'll, at I'll one feel point. Well. I i it as well.
1: taking away. I, it, it,
0: it was a lot. It was it was honestly um, quite. This is f- why I don't got a phone. F- 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 amount. <laughs> um, and and I I don't have claustrophobia, but I felt claustrophobic. That's how much. It's
1: uh, just so, yeah. so much. Yeah. Come and on. It,
0: it goes in yeah. your eyes. It goes in your your nose. So and oh. like when you try and breathe, it burns. It, yeah. It goes so, right up. Like.
2: I had a stranger use his t shirt to wipe it away from my face because he could just see how much I was clawing was lot, away at yeah. my face. Um, and like as I said, I could feel a panic attack starting even before the phone was released. It was almost like a sixth sense. I could tell when it was about to be released because if I couldn't get to the bathroom in time, at least yeah. if I was at the edge, it's not going to hit me as bad.
1: Right, okay. And it, yeah. it's just
2: going to be like the waves. It, so it'll go yeah, to yeah. My, yeah, it'll go to my waist. It's fun and all when the foam's been released but if if you're claustrophobic I wouldn't recommend the foam party. If you have it's asthma,
1: good. I would not recommend it. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> or any other respiratory issues.
2: Yep. Um, your, lungs, your lungs are better without the foam in it. I'll
0: find that. <laughs> a good um I good kinda leeway from, from those on to uh some something else is like mm. how how do you feel the these things affect your everyday life? So like an, uh, like an example of you know, getting up in the morning what's your first thoughts, what what do you usually do around the day, does it affect it in any way with either college or work or, or personal life in any way uh, obviously I've said at the start, mine doesn't really do that for me anymore, I am uh, very fortunate uh, in the sense of it uh, was only uh, it, it, it essentially must like, much like this unfortunate pandemic it peaked at the <laughs> yeah. ages of, of 17 and 18 And then it came right back down, and with that, I've uh, gained a lot more self confidence, uh, a lot more uh, intellectual confidence. You know, within my own ability to do things. Um, And I would I would say that, like when I did have it, it obviously it's not really voices. It was just a few thoughts and stuff like that. So um, it it can't really compare to anything a lot serious, um, as it is. Literally, it was just mild, But um, for me you know you get up you had the odd thought or two and it would stick with you but that's mm. all it does for me so so how, how about you guys how does that affect your your everyday basis
1: i mean first of all i just want to say all of it's serious just just to clear that up but just you're saying obviously it's not maybe not as intense and constant but it doesn't mean it's not serious it does it has equal value if that makes sense yeah, no. um from my own perspective i think everyone's internal stuff is equal value um, over the board, but on a day-to-day basis for myself. I'm currently working from home due to the situation, but if I wasn't, I would be going to work typically Monday to Friday. Um, I work start work at eight a.m., so I have to get up pretty early. I'm living in Paisley, uh, trying to go to Glasgow it is not too long of a journey, but certainly I need to get up a little bit early than than most people would. Um, so when I start work, when I actually get to work, so getting to work is a bit of a challenge in itself. I get up, go shower, and then I have food. Uh, then I get myself ready. Um, you know. But th- during that process, it's all happening. I could be going through the process of walking past a physical manifestation of something or thing. Typically, my experiences aren't so clear, and it's not really always quite difficult to remember all of them, because um, you get brain fog along with this, so therefore it starts to... Disappear and like a fake. It's like a, f- a kind of fake memory. It doesn't really feel hundred percent there. Um, so I would walk past like a shadow or, or kind of a smoky thing in a corner, or just kind of what they call corner of the eye syndrome, um, which is a very real thing for every single human being. Sometimes you can feel like if you put your hand over here, you know your hands over here, but you can't actually see it, and then you start imagining stuff over there. So that's what your brain does. It puts information in there, and my brain overdoes that essentially <laughs> and puts it right here in front um, so when i go through that process i have to as i say comfort myself in the sense of ground ground myself back into reality understand and whilst i'm still doing other things try and just continue on with a goal and find that goal and achieve that goal i have to even it's small if i go oh, go get your shoes on I'm like, okay cool done what next go get the keys all right okay go get the keys just small little things that that tend to, um, I guess, put me back into. This is normal. This is real life. Everyone knows what's going on around you. You can mostly ignore. Um, the voice stuff is much harder because that's consistent. Um, and just there are moments, obviously, of, of silence. In fact, I'll have hours of silence, and it will just go boom. And it'll be small little, can, almost nasally voices. Sometimes it's re- minds are quite annoying the best. <laughs> and you can't ignore them. I think that's sort of the purpose. <laughs> um, and they'll say just some stupid shit that doesn't make sense. Sometimes there's there's almost a language that doesn't really sound like anything I understand. Um, so I have to go through that whilst going to work. And then I obviously, before I do what I do now, uh, before I did what I do now, sorry, um, I was on the phones. I was in a, in a call centre. I was on the phones. So dealing with people who initially aren't already happy with the company etc and i have to then calm them down whilst i'm also not going through the best of times so it's not easy um in fact there's moments where i go nope i'm gonna go chill out for a bit (laughs) and my i'm lucky to have my work understand that and accept me for that that is not always the case and in fact the majority of cases it's 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 getting better now these days of course but it's still there's a long way to go um, with with understanding and, and giving time to individuals with issues like myself or even you guys, um, even small small moments of people who are going through grief can only get a certain amount of days off, etc. Whereas sometimes I might have that similar feeling, not saying I have that every day, um, but I have a similar depth to that feeling, and it just it'll last two or three weeks, and it'll switch and I'll go the other way. And it's worse, <laughs> because I'm already exhausted and that kind of thing. So it can make day-to-day life challenging, but I do try and normalise it. I try and normalise my experience so that, again, no one really feels alone when they go through something similar. And I, as I say, I find catharsis, talking about it, as we're doing just now, I find there's a bit of healing in there, because, as I say, the source of of, of my condition, quote-quote uh, condition, um, is that it's, it's sort of trauma-based, but it could also be genetic. There's a mixed bag of ideas that go on scientifically. I have had severe trauma in my life, which has caused other parts of issues. Again, I suffer from partly PTSD, but again, that's way under control, and I don't really have much of an issue with that. Um, I get anger issues more from that than I do anything else, which is a very big symptom of PTSD. And Again, most people actually have PTSD from... Small pieces of trauma, and they don't realize they have it. They'll do small triggers that come up when these subjects are brought into their, their lives or are reminded of these things. Hmm. Um, but again, that's my my day to day life is dealing with um, the majority of the time just feeling mentally uh, fatigued constantly. It's not. It's not. It's like a tired you can't sleep away. It's it's very very difficult to get away from. But again, there's also times where I'm, for like, thank God they happen. Uh, I would say of reprieve when I do have nothing. And it's so good. <laughs> um, it's like the biggest relief of your life, man. Um, it's like getting a holiday inside your head. You're just like, oh man, is this what it's like to just be like neurotypical? I feel amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my experience.
0: Yourself, uh,
2: so I'll I've just finished college, so I will talk you through college experience that okay. probably maybe more relatable in a way because oh, my right. daily my daily life right now doesn't consist of much activities, so. <laughs> Uh, so normally I wake up, uh, I go through the whole. Should I just email in? Because I don't want to go in. I mean that's mm-hmm. typical for everyone. Don't mean that does automatically means you've got depression or anxiety. <laughs>
3: no.
2: That could just be <laughs> Pff- the, just the fact it. that I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> it is six a.m., so it justifies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I then will get ready. That's in the process in itself. So, I've got to the point in my life where I can wear no makeup in front of people. For a good couple of years when I discovered makeup, I would wear it every day, because I, you can see, I have red cheeks, and this is just constant. Uh, and I was very self-conscious of them, because everyone would go, you look like you're out of breath, is it really that affecting you? Because I'm, I'm a bigger person, so I think everything's challenged, and I'm constantly out of breath. But that's just my natural skin, it's just pink. Um, so... I would put makeup on, but now in college it was a surprise if I'd put makeup on because my lecturer wouldn't identify me because they hadn't seen me makeup <laughs> on before. That was a good experience. <laughs> uh, so then I'd choose an outfit and I have to look at myself from every single angle in a mirror. Like my back profile, my front, my side, is my hair looking decent. Um, even if it's literally just a hoodie and leggings, I gotta make sure that I either look tiny in this hoodie, so I look like I'm really slim, or I would have to look like. Sorry. Eh, try and make an appearance. <laughs> um, so it would have to look like it was intentionally baggy. No, mm-hmm. I didn't buy this because I don't want people to see my figure. And then I would do different poses to make sure during the day I'm gonna look okay. Yeah. That takes a good half an hour. Which is great when you're in a rush. Um, of that. <laughs> yeah. So then I'd go for the bus. Constantly, if I'm I'm listening to music. That I do the opposite. than grinding myself, I take my myself away from my surroundings.
1: And escape.
2: Yeah, I escape yeah. from sounds. I escape, which is dangerous when you're crossing the road. Don't do that when you're crossing the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do not endorse it. We do not endorse it. I'm not taking responsibility for that. Um, but I would go to the bus, I'd stand at the bus stop, generally there about half an hour early because yeah. that's part of my anxiety that I'm gonna miss the bus um, and be late. Uh, so I'd be at the bus half an hour early, I'd just <clears> listen to music, watch new videos on YouTube but then someone approaches the bus stop and I'm like, oh here we mm. go. Uh, they're on their phone, I'm like right. they're texting about me, how I look, I've done it wrong, should I just come back? Um, and then bus comes in I go either to the very front of the bus or the very back of the bus. Mm. If I'm in the middle, I'm not comfortable because people can see me.
3: Mm.
2: So, I have developed a habit where I cover this part of my face. I would wear a scarf even in really warm heat because I was terrified people would see my double chin and hate me because of it and think, gosh, look at her. Mm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't with that. So, that was a big thing. It's something I catch myself even in my own house doing, where I'll go like this or bite onto it, so you mm-hmm. can't see this part further down. Uh, and then I'd also use something to cover my stomach. I uh, still do that. Um, that's just, I want to look really nice, and that's not sometimes to me, so <laughs> I cover it. Then, I'm in college, and I do art, as you used to know, and yeah. I sit next to really talented people and that's not good for me like I'll support them, I'll love them, I I, I tell them their stuff's amazing and I hate them for it but um, they'll be good at something and um, I look at mine and I'm like that is, that's, that's not what they're doing, you've done something wrong it doesn't look good like theirs and you're like staring at it so you'll have a whole zone out of half an hour trying to figure out why yours looks so bad. And then, I'm also a very sensitive child, tiniest thing, I will cry. So a lecturer would come up to me and be like, that's not your best work, is it? And I'd be like, okay. So I'd take my Mm -hmm. phone and my headphones, and I'd sit for 40 minutes in the bathroom just crying, because he said he didn't like it. Which is not the profession I should be in if I can't take criticism, (laughs) But, you know, we're here, we're managing. But uh, yeah, music's a big escapism for me. Books yep. and music so, and video games, <laughs> especially Animal Crossing right now, i just say.
3: <laughs> Very peaceful.
2: <laughs> I, I As much as I do like my first-person shooter games, I do like a good, calming life simulator where I'm not myself. Basically, I try and escape my own self as much as possible, which is the opposite yeah. than you, David. You like to be grounded to make sure you're here. Yeah. I like to be somewhere else. I like to be I, in this fantasy land I brought up in my head to I try would to
1: like to, I would like to add to that that I do actually have both sides of that coin. I go through cycles of entirely both of that. I mean, there's a, there's a reason I used to play D&D, right? Uh, or try and organise like Dungeons and Dragons um, and different card games like Werewolf and, and, and kind of things like that. If you've ever played Tents of Salem, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that, that kind of concept of I want to Become another individual is 100% identifiable. <laughs> like I totally agree. Um, it doesn't even matter who that person is. It could be pretty much the same as me with slightly different aspect. But is it me? Oh, I wonder what they're going through. I wonder what they're doing. Again, books, uh, art in general, anything that's got uh, a world or atmosphere or or a, a kind of avenue of not me. Absolutely, I'll chase that. I will chase that to hell. Um, Obviously, when I'm going through an experience, I'll stop the thing <laughs> and become me again, and go no, nope, calm down, like and just grab something. And um, there's a reason I've got a, a faux fur duvet now, like I want a 4 fur du- duvet cover uh, on one end of it, mm-hmm. the very bottom end. I'll wake up middle of the night, run down, grab it, and just pull it towards my chest and just rub it because I'm not dreaming. I haven't fell asleep yet, and I'm like, oh crap, like <laughs> um, I just need a thing. Um, and I'm good because I'm in. I'm in reality. I'm not falling through existence. Is the best way to describe it. It's like falling inside of myself. Mm. Weird way to describe it, but I don't know if you've ever had a dream where you're falling. Yeah. Or any or any kind of drug-induced experience where that's happening. Um, not going to say anything to you guys, but as I say, that is a very similar feeling, um, and it's it's very strange. You feel like you're folding, like in, in, into. It's very odd. Um, I get that quite often just um when i lie down so i like to have my head a bit higher like i'll have thick pillows and i'll have my head a bit higher so i'm like doing that my neck gets really sore (laughs) but um i need to do it so that i'm like okay i wake up and i'm like so i can see myself my physical self Mm -hmm. and that helps it sounds stupid but yeah it's um very small things will bring me back to 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 kind of
0: i think that's really an important thing with going through and dealing with these kind of things i mean Mm -hmm. uh sophie mentioned that music and video games i think that's a big part of all three of our lives obviously yourself david you're your music producer essentially you you do singing you do rapping you you make your own music and you enjoy that you're very passionate about it uh sophie and i we play games i I love playing games i've done it since i was kid i've got some of the, the oldest consoles such as the psp uh, the oldest uh, consoles oh I'm <laughs> no, Uh I'm trying to. Oh God, COVID. Um, but um, nah, um, but th- this handy wee guy got me through a lot growing up and stuff. Yeah. In the sense of like, I didn't really hang about many people and stuff. So playing these type of games and having fun with them was definitely a great way to pass the time and. And even nowadays, like just having a few minutes, like an hour or two to yourself, I'll whip on the PS4, I'll play some Steam games and stuff, and just yeah. Yeah, escaping from reality really helps. Um, and um, from, from personally, I think the best experience for me dealing with what I've done was finding fitness and sport, and mm-hmm. like, uh, obviously I'm wanting to make a career from it. I, I realised that in school and i I've obviously um continued with it and it it's gotten me great results so far both physically and mentally um and I think another thing we can talk about here is the the kind of barriers and the way ways around what we can do to help ourselves and others um I've got uh a, a print out here from u uh, k coaching uh, that um, their, their kind of stigma or, or like their signage is is care. So uh, coaching and customer skills, awareness, respect and empathy. And these basically, obviously this kind of is more driven towards sport uh, and fitness, but they can also apply to uh, outside of that, such as be welcoming. Like we, we always want that. Yep. You, you don't want aggression. You don't want negativity. You want to... Be positive and and bring that person into that kind of mindset of it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. You can talk about mental health as we're doing here. We should we shouldn't be oppressed or 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 made to feel bad about it. It's something mm. that we have to deal with, and if we can't speak about it, that only just dampens us uh, as people, uh, and also the entire topic, and and means that people are more scared or 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 less. Um, less inclined to come out and talk about it. Um, yeah. Get feedback. So if you want to talk to family or friends um, about like what you can do and how you think you're doing just now, um, mm-hmm. and then it goes it goes on for a few uh, a, a, a few other stuff. Uh, just uh, your observation and listening skills. So what can you see? What can you taste? What can you hear? What can you um, touch and stuff. Those are are usually quite. Um, things that a lot of people do such as yourself for the, the texture to, yeah. to, to kind of ground yourself and such um, and uh, I'd say another one would would be quite good is don't feel pressured like you should never feel pressured to answer people that are trying to help you just take it at your own pace and, and let them clearly know that so that they have that kind of ability um, but fr- from yourselves what would you say to people that are either dealing with these current situations or completely different in the giant spectrum that there is, what kind of would uh, would you say activities or things that you can do that you would suggest to help? Um, I I would say dampen or or just maybe closure a wee bit for people you know. So yeah, uh,
2: I would definitely try and find a hobby away from maybe if you're wanting to be alone something you can do by yourself. Hmm. So say if you had a hobby of football and, but you don't want to be near people,
3: hmm.
2: like maybe the video game of football, like FIFA or something like that, or, you know, kick against the wall. Find a hobby or something that you can maybe do by yourself sometimes because with me, as I said, when I have major like episodes um, where I don't want to be near people, I will draw. But obviously, I do art. That's always yeah. been a big relief all <clears throat> like I have a full sketchbook filled of just I don't care what it is I draw it's just my emotion it's like mainly all in black and white because that'll be the colors I kind of see when I'm having these things uh, it's not gonna be perfect I've never shared it before because it's just you know it's like a diary basically um but then also something I want to put in is if you are having an episode and you maybe have a friend that's having an episode and they're unloading a bunch of stuff on you and you feel like you're not mentally okay to deal with it, tell them. Be like, I'm so yeah. sorry, I would love to help you, but I can't. I've had I've had this before, I've had people go, because people come to me a lot, I don't unload on people a lot, I take it in, and then sometimes <sighs> it gets too much, and you're like, I, I don't know how to respond because I'm just overwhelmed right now. Tell them. you. You may feel like you're being a bad friend you're not
3: Mm.
2: you are literally just telling them i'm not in the space for this i won't be much of a help is there anyone you can go to or are we able to talk about this maybe tomorrow or in a couple hours when i've kind of calmed down so i just wanted to say that while i remembered it because i will forget it (laughs) there's a lot going on up here but i find find a wee hobby something to just kind of even like something for accomplishment you feel like you're achieving nothing in the day? Something to give you that sense of accomplishment that you're maybe looking for. Whether it be finishing a drawing, completing yeah. a level in a video game.
0: Building little Lego figurines. That's uh, Exactly one. I, I love, love
2: building Lego stuff. I just don't have any. My sisters get it, I'm like, I'll build it, it's okay.
0: See I had Kinex
1: as a kid, so I have,
0: <laughs> I, I I have, have connects as well, don't you worry. <laughs> that's, that's, where it's that's where it's at. Building small Lego figurines with fat fingers doesn't really help, though. I will say that it's, no, it's, it's more frustrating. I know, I know
2: the feeling.
0: <laughs> but no, those uh, those are definitely great. And uh, honesty is the best policy, essentially, with that. And uh, ho- hobbies are are great. The, the Lego figurines, games, music, uh, uh, any add-ons, David.
1: Um. Again, agree pretty much one hundred percent of what you've been saying there. Um. However, there's kind of. A way to step back and look at what's happening as well I feel if you if you take a step back from yourself so there's two methods here there's obviously the escapism method but you're not really focusing on you and that's if you need a breather um, and that would be more immediate so I would say with a hobby a uh, book game TV show it, do, it really doesn't matter what the, the escapism is if you're escaping using it keep that in mind that you're doing that be aware that you're escaping because it can't always be healthy it's not always 100% healthy to do that We do have to face those demons one way or the other. We're going to have to do it at some point. Um, There's a moment where you're just going to have to take it on the chin. That's the best way to describe it. The punch will come. (laughs) The the arm's been swinging the whole time. It's going going to make contact. So it's happening in slow motion, and you're allowed to make it take longer and, and escape. You're allowed to go and have that breather and prepare for it. But you will have to break it down, face it, and try and understand yourself, um, so I'm not saying self-help etc blah, blah blah, that's not for everyone uh, and again it can be a situation where that can get unhealthy. Um, I think there, there's, a, there's a place for just being honest with yourself as well as others, so as long as you can discuss that um, openly with others, you can also then discuss it um, with yourself. You can you can just sit and go get a diary, you know, take, take notes of going. Here's how I felt right now I mean it's very common for for therapists that will go through that experience um, and kind of psychologists will tell you to do this because it, it does give you a kind of ground to go right okay where was I yesterday Flick through that see your progress look at it understand that you're not on pause you're not on pause there's, there's that's not a thing you made it through that other day so guess what you progressed <laughs> because you made it through that crappy day you, you did it it's fine um, there's other ones and they're always going to happen and we just have to understand that right, okay well that's fine but what we're going to do immediately to one reprieve myself and give myself a breather go figure that out but as you say with hobbies etc but then external to that we can't always escape we can't always do that so in fact it's it's not always the case um as you see with with yourself there Hayden you're talking about obviously you went through the path of uh fitness and, and kind of uh, a physical self, uh, I'd say, self improvement um, in that in that way. Um, a physical, make yourself feel better, make those chemicals in the body a little bit more balanced as best you can with the diet, etc., to bring it back to health, obviously. But again, pe- when people do fail at those things, when you do have those targets and you do miss them, understand that failure is the first step to that progress and to actually making that a success. If you don't fail, you're never going to win. You have to fail something to win at it first. Like, this sounds a bit strange. You can't just be good at everything all the time. It's not going to happen. So, I feel, give yourself a break. Don't be so rough on yourself. That's that's my view on that. Um, and it's, that's an easier said, than, said uh, thing than actually to do. Um, I mean, if you if you if you go through that progress, and I think, just normal neurotypical people have that same mindset of going really harsh and going in on themselves. But you don't have to be. You have to understand that, hey, I'm not the first person to deal with this, and I certainly won't be the last. And that's just it. You may have a very rare thing that's happening. Hey, it may even be unique to you. In fact, the thing is, your circumstance and that brain space is unique. It's an identifier of you. That's who. You, that's you know part of your life. But it's not your personality. It's not who you actually are. Um, you define who you are by your actions, I would say, with the world and, and, and kind of where you take that. So I feel can't always escape, and I don't think it's healthy to always do it. It can be really, really useful for pausing and waiting and preparing and going, right, okay, I'm ready for the punch. Go for it. And you're good. Because that's just going to happen. You don't have to just go through the thing. Um, to give like a kind of reality to that or a kind of context to that, I would say that recently um, I went through a moment of not focusing on reality as it is um, and focused mainly on reality as i wanted it to be um via video games via um like idealisms i guess um and i used not just video games for that but i used like uh, read a couple of books and things like that and I, I really tried to idealize what i wanted to be it does give you time to do that I will fail at those. In fact, I have already failed some of those steps, and that's okay. Like, I just feel there's a moment to just give yourself a goddamn break and don't always be so rough, basically. Just don't beat yourself with a hammer, you know? Don't beat yourself up.
0: Yeah. Um, Life is, is, <laughs> Le- is definitely yeah. too short for that.
1: Absolutely.
3: Oh, like, um, I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, Like, see, for the escapism, I'm very guilty of overdoing that. We I all think. are, absolutely. I am one, or I can deal with other people's emotions, but as soon as I unload one thing, it's like a list. This list is getting bigger. It could be be something from high school, and I'll still Mm. find a reason to freak out over it. Oh yeah. Um, And, like, I will not unload on people. I will be the person to, you know, think about it by myself.
1: Because I've uh.
2: escaped too long, because I don't want to accept it's real. Like, that's a fairly valid reason to think this. But, um... For me, if I'm having a really rough day, mm. if I've made my bed, that's me already succeeded the day. I don't make my bed, which is a big pet peeve for my mum and everyone. But it's,
1: a, it's a goal.
2: It's for me, like, that's a goal. Say, like, you were saying, idealism, you'd love to live in a world. I'd bring in Animal Crossing because that's my co yep. right now. I'd love to live in a world where animals are my friends and <laughs> I have a pink octopus that's like my best friend. Like, I'd love that. <laughs> But I don't. You sure I am listening? the pink octopus.
0: <laughs>
2: small joke.
0: Small, <laughs> small joke.
2: Like I am the pink octopus in my world. Um, but I am known for that. Like any of my mates will say, yeah, Sophie doesn't open up much. I'm. I am yeah. very much. I have a wall that is like six foot tall. <laughs> I mean, some people can conceal over it, like, physically, but I can't, so it's fine. Mm. But, um, <laughs> the one time I'm the most honest is when I've had a drink, in me. I think that's when my guard just goes
1: right down. Yeah.
0: Alcohol but, definitely brings out uh, different parts of us and, and eases us up a bit yeah. more in some ways.
1: Gets rid of happened. those inhibitions. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's quite easy to talk to people, especially when that, because I don't... For me, as I know some people, alcohol will make it worse. Oh, which yeah. is a thing to say, like especially some drinks. I don't ever have a thing where it's a specific drink brings it something in me because I generally don't have one drink at a time. So, uh, I find it easier to talk to people. Like, I'm very, very difficult to make friends. Most of my friends I, I've made through someone else. Like, we have a friend in common and that's how we became friends because yeah. I knew somebody else and it put me into a situation where I made friends. I don't think I've ever gone up to someone and made a friend that I didn't have anyone that knew like didn't have a common friend but when I've got alcohol I'm in the bathroom complimenting all the girls like oh, you're looking <laughs> amazing like where'd you get that and they're complimenting me back and I think that's the best I've ever experienced because I find in the female sense we're not we shouldn't be bringing people down and same mm. with male sense, shouldn't bring anyone down yes. but you are your biggest critic but also it's nice to have a compliment from someone. Like, it's so nice. Like, I remember I wasn't feeling good. I hated how I was looking in an outfit. My makeup was just not nice that night. And this girl stopped me and went, can I just say you look amazing? Where did you get your outfit? And I was on a high the rest of the night. <clears throat> I was like, this one person thought so I looked nice. And it's a very superficial thing. But for me, look is a big thing for me. <laughs> Being someone that was bullied for it, um, my, the way I appear it, it may not look like I've made effort I've made a lot of effort to look like I made no effort and a little compliment and then again, I can't take them but I do love them <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think that that, that kind of covers like like from my own friend's experience in the sense of I've got a, a friend um, and she's dealt with body dysmorphia and anorexia um, and body dysmorphia is something that obviously will continue to to be with her and um, whereas she's beaten the physical condition of anorexia to a degree the mental side of that will always linger um and it's something she combats daily and just from what you're talking about there sounds just from what i know it uh, sounds similar to that um is that something you've ever discussed perhaps with your own you know um i don't know if you've went to therapy etc but if you've you ever discussed that before
2: um my mental battle has generally been me talking with my friends. I have never, I mm. technically, I'll admit, I have self-diagnosed my conditions because okay. I was laughed out of the doctor's office when I approached them, which it has happened to people I know, so yeah. I want to say as much as people do look down on self-diagnosis because I've learned about it more through self-diagnosing myself and doing research, I am better off than I think I would have been if I had gone, well I don't have it then, I mean, yeah. and been in doctor. So it gives me something to help myself put it on. So technically self-diagnosed because I was laughed out of the doctor's office. But um, so with body dysmorphia, growing up on social media, you associate that with people of transgender people mm-hmm. who are transgender because that's something that's highly spoken about. So I didn't think it's a thing for anyone other mm-hmm. than people that were transgender. Um, but it's definitely I think something I do struggle with, maybe not to an extreme level, but sometimes I'll see myself and I'm looking good, like I look good, (laughs) but then sometimes I'll look at myself and I'm like, no, like in this hot weather, this, because it's been so hot, it's the first time I've walked my dog in shorts, like walked outside my house in shorts in the UK in five years. I would go through the heat in leggings and jeans because I hated it. Yeah, I because I could just tell people were looking at me, kind of thing, but mm. they're not. They don't. Honest, they might be looking like, "Oh my goodness, that girl's like she's so pale." The sun's <laughs> reflecting off her, and it's hurting my eyes. We just can't
1: see you. Like,
2: oh, I'm, just... <laughs> I'm just like a walking like light."
0: My life's doing that on my <laughs> forehead right now. How you you feeling?
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, like another example: swimming costumes, like. I know a lot of people are talking about going to the beach after all this uh, pandemic stuff is over. Me, I will go, but the likelihood of me taking my top off and wearing shorts, or even if I have a swimming costume on, is very, very low. Because last time I wore swimming costume in the UK, I was eleven, and I've only been I've only been abroad since twenty seventeen, so. I mean, that was because a kid said, hey, you've been on TV, right? And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, you're the Peach from James and the Giant Peach. Okay. And I was like... Kids, And this kid was like, I'm going to say, like, nine. So he wasn't much younger than me. And when I was 11, I was a *Skinny legend, man. I was... <laughs> but... Um, These that... things
1: can impact and stay with you, so that's kind it of... It does. Know.
2: And even when you get people that like your best mates, to say to me, but no, you're, you're, you look beautiful. You don't feel it. And when people tell you this, you're like, you're lying to me. Don't lie yeah. to me. Just be honest.
1: There's a mistrust there of like, is that are they being biased? to they nice? Or are they trying to trick I, me? Or that they, you know, I, this paranoia I, starts to kick
2: in. Yeah, like a lot of things that someone will say, oh yeah, wear this. And you're like, I just don't feel nice in it. And they're like, no, no, no you look great. And I'm like, but do you just want to look better than me in photos? Do you want me to look bad? That's mm. As much as I I trust my friends a hundred percent, my brain doesn't. <laughs> it's sure. like nah, they just and then you see photos like they did look better than me, and it's not a I I want to look better than them. I just want to look good. Yeah, and
1: you want to look at, like as good kind of yeah. yeah your brain I want to look, okay.
2: I want to look like someone's gonna look at me and go. She knows she looks good. That's mm-hmm. my goal, and see, I got an outfit recently. And I've never felt so confident in my life when I went out. <laughs> out I it out once, and I've never felt so confident in my life. And I just—I felt I looked good because I felt
1: good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a massive part of 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 generally, um, our society is this to mm. pressure to then, you know to actually look good. And I think whether we want to say it or not, sometimes we always look good mm. on some level, like. Because, hey, we may have rolled out our bed and we're fucking, I mean, my hair's fucking sticking over at the back and I just, I brushed it it just didn't work. So I was just like, alright, okay I'll just face directly on and not move, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't feel like there has to be days of going, I feel outstanding every day. That would one get tiring and you wouldn't feel that every day because you're feeling it every day, if that makes sense. Um, but you do need those low moments to then feel those good moments. Yeah. So I think that's partially at play for yourself maybe. Um, there's moments yeah. of like, I mean, I think it goes for me anyway, I know that. <laughs> there's moments where I'm like, damn, you look fucking pretty damn fine, you look good in that suit, or like, you know, like just this, there's an item on you that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that comes back to mechanisms of things like uh, unnecessary purchases, etc. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, and just to kind of reel back to earlier, my mania side of things, where I make bad decisions, I got myself into a grand worth of debt at the age of nineteen, because of uh, basically gambling at the casino. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I made I made all that money back and paid it. It was all good, but it took a long time, and that's when I really kind of realized, hey, this is fucking serious. Like I knew what was going on. Like I don't have an addiction to gambling. Hell, I barely gamble. In fact, the last time I gambled was then. (laughs) So. If that makes sense to anyone, like, there's a relation of, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure in society to to do certain things um, with, for example, looks. Um, So when I'm wearing a suit, I feel fucking outstanding. But sometimes I'm wearing a suit and I feel fucking garbage. Like, that feeling just doesn't matter about the suit. It's not really the suit that's doing it, it's what I think the suit has power over. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Which is when I I still could feel shit. I've got to put the suit on. Oh, that make me feel better. Nope, <laughs> it didn't work. Like it's the kind of there's no superpower to fix it. There's just having to understand it. I think it's probably the, the kind of only way I can look at it. Anyway,
0: yeah. well, d- definitely. Um, I mean, uh, I I relate slightly as like well, in primary I was quite chubby, and I started <laughs> doing fitness without the sport kind of career path, just for the fact of pe- people would take the piss out of it a wee bit and I'd also feel very like I, I didn't really get picked uh, even though I loved sports and I, I, I really wanted to do it I didn't get picked because I either didn't look physically as fit as the others or yeah. you know everyone all the, uh, you, the there's like that athletic you know, types. The, the, the cool kids the athletic types would all kind of band together and stuff like that and then you just shove everyone else aside That yeah. that's happened for years it's very common people know about that um, and hopefully that kind of from either like our generation onwards can hopefully stop and just include everyone it doesn't matter your shape your size your height your your weight um, everyone has different advantages and disadvantages and I can tell you that now because um, I've, since becoming a sports coach I've learned a lot about what how much the um, littlest of things can make a difference in the sense of my, my sport is rugby I'm 5 foot 10 i I currently weigh thirteen and a half stone, and i i was um i I didn't think that I would have the capabilities or the strength to tackle someone that was maybe six foot four and seventeen yep. stone because you think the size differences that makes a matter and, and, and in a sense it does but it, it, it actually at the same time it doesn't because the little guy has more advantage over the big guy not only with weight but technique because if you use your weight to a certain advantage this is obviously going uh, I'm not going to go into this because <laughs> yeah. the sport doesn't just but you get the example that it can happen so um, people have their own strength and weaknesses and uh, from that I, I wanted to get more physically fit I wanted to be stronger um, just because I felt that like it's not fair and mm. you know uh, I could do everything they could do maybe not just as maybe they did it a wee bit better but I still was at a high level um, yeah. and I just think that it's quite unfair to shun someone aside even if they have near to the same potential talent as you, just because of the way they look or just because of the mm-hmm. way they act and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and just a, a side like, note from earlier, uh, for people who deal with things, everyone deals with things differently. Sophia, much like yourself, where I keep things to myself, I talk through it myself and if I really do need help, I will happily just talk to someone. I'll just message someone that I can trust and I'll, I'll have a great conversation. That's about it. Um, but, you know, people who are watching this or, or view this and stuff, make sure that you realise that whatever way you deal with it should be healthy. Don't deal with it in an unhealthy way, which is just bottling up. Not even talking to yourself. Like, if you just completely shut it aside and completely don't even sit for 10 minutes and be like right okay this is what happened this is how you deal it blah 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 you don't do that that's not good i would suggest from my point of view either talking to someone talking to a professional or talking to yourself whenever it deems necessary um but um to bring it back um yeah that's completely understandable and body image seems to be a a thing nowadays where people are either accepting of it or not accepting of it and obviously as a human race we're still adapting with that um yeah Yeah. so but what i hope to do is bring that positive impact of you know doesn't matter your size doesn't matter your height your weight your age you can still be physically fit and you can still be mentally fit and Mm -hmm. that's i think what as a nation we're hopefully going to strive for in the next few years to upcoming um future decades and i think we can all agree on hopefully that will happen but uh, (laughs) i think we're on a bit of a standstill (laughs) with the unfortunate pandemic slash practically civil war in america but we won't go into that as that's a completely different topic um but i think we'll we'll finish up here a wee bit um if you guys want to say any last few things before we 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 cut things off until next time but uh just go for it
2: uh, I'll say one thing to anyone that's listening that's maybe on the other side of this and just want to learn about it, eh, or even just anyone really, um, as we said, words do have a big impact, I will use an example, eh, my bullying stopped a lot in high school, eh, around the age of 16, I, like I myself, have always been, well, mainly overweight for my age, and I was one of the bigger girls in my year, and our uh, gym classes were split boys and girls and I had actually mentioned this today because I didn't think it would be brought up but um, I was always picked for softball and like king ball first because I was really good at catching I wasn't a runner but I could catch and jump that was a good thing and so people the popular girls would pick me to be on their team and I was like I feel like a spokesperson for people that like that are like me because they can see I can do it even though I don't look like them and then the one time I dropped it, a girl didn't call me the nicest name. I, I, I won't say it in case it's you know, triggering to somebody. But even if I'm comfortable with calling myself overweight or chubby or huggable, all those lovely names. Um, I do like the term huggable. It makes me feel nice and cute, by the way. <laughs> uh, but that just because someone's comfortable calling themselves it, we might not be comfortable calling uh, someone calling them it. Because I know if I call myself certain things, that's me making a joke at myself to try and make myself feel better. Make people laugh at my expense, but I don't mind because they're laughing. But someone comes up to me and says it, but I'm the joke. It's me, I'm gone. I, I can't. I have to step out of it. So it's just a, like a wee PSA at the end. Just a <laughs> careful of words, but roommate, ask people what they're comfortable with. Like again, ask if you are going to make a joke or something like if you have to think about it might not be best to say
1: yeah yeah um totally agree with that um just for myself i think the best aspect for pretty much any condition be it physical mental um doesn't really matter um the, the same goes just if you have something to to query with that person if you're actually interested 99 pe- people will be happier that you ask, than you just stare or you just talk about them, you know, separately from, from actually direct conversation. But again, ask them first. It's like, hey, can I ask a very personal question and move from there? Um, some, hey, if they say no, just leave it, drop it, move on. It's just how it is. Um, some people aren't ready for that. Um, but if you guys, if anyone who's watching this perhaps knows me of any way, in any format, all I need to do is ask me and I'm happy to tell you because... I'd rather someone ask me directly and say, hey, what happens when X scenario or Y scenario? Like, Just ask, because I will give you my complete honest answer, basically. I will give you, doesn't matter how weird and scary it is, you may find it. The honesty part is kind of the important part for me, is that people get a reality of, out of, of these conditions, particularly um, the kind of more stigmatized ones, which would be you know, uh, schizoaffective and, and schizophrenia in general. Um, anything to do with psychosis, um, voice hearing's a big one. Um, if you ever want to learn, and we're talking about video games. earlier, if you ever want to learn, um, uh, kind of any generally good, what that feels like, that, that that actual experience of what I go through or similar at least. Um, and I don't really remember the name of it suddenly, but is is it Solina? what's it called? Does anyone know, you guys, the game I'm talking about? It's, it's 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 like a kind of. You have to have headphones oh, for our earphones. Like VR kind of
2: thing? Or?
1: No, no, no. Um, it came out on Xbox, I want to say Xbox One and PS4. It's, it's like a Celtic Warrior thing. I will remember it, we'll put, I'm sure I'll give it to to, to, to Hayden and he could probably comment about it. But it's a very lifelike experience um, from my perspective. It's about a, a Celtic Warrior picked um, and they're invaded by Vikings, at least in her head. She suffers from voice healing significantly. She's jailed for that by her father in the village. And her husband is sacrificed. And it's about her journey. Um, oh, that's it. Hellblade. I remembered it. <laughs> she goes to Hell, um, the Viking Hell, H-E-L, um, to basically return her husband's soul, which is in the head and uh, her religion, because um, she has his head in a bag. It's very gross. But um, it's about her journey through that and how, what she experiences, which is... Um, Viking warriors and demons that physically come at her and there's puzzles which your brain does kind of make up, it's very strange but you have to do things in a certain way to, for, to get access to the next thing and the game represents it so well, um, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy thing but you have to play it with headphones because the voice hearing is highly important, um, you hear it go round you uh, full circle and that is terrifyingly real for me because when I hear it I'm like wow oh, this is literally what I hear, that's crazy. Um, but even visually speaking it was it was quite representative and that's because they, they researched and, and actually had people with psychosis and other kind of aspects of psychosis, um, so schizophrenia and, and even further than that, split personalities, etc. Um, they had those people tell them what that's like exactly, what that's like, and then had them play test it, what it was too far one way, okay we'll pull it that way, and refined it over time. There's another one coming out um, i believe and again this is not sponsored by this game but it's just if you want to experience it yourself (laughs) yeah um i feel it it represented it for myself very very well um to the point where everyone who has played it so far and has came back to me and said wow like that's that's a lot (laughs) um and they kind of understood more and i feel like their the empathy from that individual has now tenfold increased as they get it um not that it's 100% representative, because it's a video game, mm. and it has to be fun, mm. but the story itself is very good, and then the actual representation was outstanding, generally.
0: Would you, as a small side note, would you say it's kind of similar to, have you ever heard of 8D audio, where the, yeah, music, the music goes round, so like it'll travel from this, yeah. it, it, that's what it sounds like, but Directional, is, it, yeah. ah, is that kind of similar to, to what so, just,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, so what, what's happening? I, I don't know if anyone watches it, but certainly aspects of ASMR. If you search YouTube, you'll find out what that mm. is. Um, typically, they'll have either two mics or multiple mics, and if they have one, it has multiple um, uh, cardioid pickups, essentially, they'll pick up sound from each side or left and right, and they'll go close to one end and close to the other. It's exactly how they recorded that audio. Um, and eight D, um, as you as you called it, I guess just means multiple directions. It can just be a full um, Throw a band around your head, um, the pickups everywhere, um, but it gets when it gets closer, it gets like I guess is the the proximity effect kicks in and it gets a little bit louder and more personal and intimate, and that's what it feels like. See when you get those goosebumps, that ASMR,
3: mm-hmm. that is what
1: it feels like. It's just on the scary aspect. <laughs> a lot of the time, it can be quite unnerving, um, and particularly that game represents it in that direction, which is why I guess it's probably a very it's a kind of close game to my heart in that case and I only played it the once I cannot play it again um, it's very heart wrenching I don't want to spoil anything but Jesus God <laughs> um, and it just it represents the paranoia um, very very well um, that, that part is very little spoken about and as I say my God they got that right um, about why someone might go through that and how their society reacts to it again their own society reacting to mine it's Actually, very similar to how hers—not not physically, obviously—and put me in a bloody box and bury me under the ground. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I feel, in some ways, my opinion gets shut down. Um, you know, from from some things, at least, because I experience things differently. Therefore, it may not be as valid as a average middle ground opinion. I guess.
0: No, that, that's completely understandable, and. Um... I think hopefully moving forward with, with life as a whole and the human race mm-hmm. it's getting better with that where That's you know everyone's opinion is valid, everyone's opinion is equal and I think it's definitely important to sometimes reinforce that if your friends or family don't feel like their opinion is acknowledged as well maybe once in a while just sit down with them or give them a wee text just being like, I do listen to you I do take on what you say I hope you know this, that can sometimes be required by some people and that's okay. Um, But I think this has been a really informative a really great uh, experience for myself I I don't know about you guys, I I would hope so. Yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely. Um, I'm obviously hoping to continue this series, get more people on and bring yourselves back as well to talk with other people and explore more kind of varieties of it and what we can do to, to help along with it obviously there's loads of information about it out there and there's loads of websites and charities and companies that all do their bit to try and help people in their own way and such uh, at some point I will probably throw a few links that are for websites that can give information as I don't think it's appropriate for us to maybe give direct like links to maybe a doctor or a GP whatever that's your choice to go and do as you such but uh, for example a company called Mind, they work with sport and UK coaching on how to deal with uh, kind of mental health within sport and activities and even out with that and so they're obviously a, a great company to go to. But um no that this has been great. I hope you guys have enjoyed this um and I'll hopefully have you on next time. Um last two second words you want to say to anyone before we go?
2: Be, be respectful and love everyone. There you go.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, thanks for <laughs> watching and thanks for yeah. taking an interest in our miserable little lives.
2: you <laughs> <laughs> for having
3: us. Thank you for having us. I've enjoyed
0: it. Absolutely, thank you. Very welcome. Right, catch you later, guys.
3: See you later. Uh-oh.